Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your Pain Game Podcast where we talk about the game of living in and with chronic pain and trauma, getting to the heart of how to heal. I am your host, Lindsay Soprano. On the show, I plan on discussing with doctors, chronic pain patients, holistic practitioners, loved ones, and anybody that is interested in having their voice heard in the chronic pain and trauma world that we live in. Today, I'd like to talk about forgiveness and how important it is in each of our lives to be forgiving, especially when you live in chronic pain or have been through trauma, not to put down people that haven't been through a lot of stuff that we understand. Forgiveness is incredibly important in our lives. Even those, you know, a-holes that cut us off in a stupid Prius or something, um, ah, forgive them <laughs> instead of chasing after them and giving them the bird, right? Because, you know, uh, it's really hard sometimes. It's difficult to forgive others that have harmed you and have hurt you, who've disappointed you, who've lied to you, who have let you down, right? And there are a few people in my life that have hurt me. And I'm not saying that I'm innocent here that I've never hurt somebody else. So I'll put that out there. But there are a few people in my life that have hurt me so deeply and so raw, uh, more than I could ever, ever explain. Some of this behavior that makes absolutely no sense from these people, zero sense for how hurtful they have been. But the one thing that is consistent here is that I have forgiven them, but I will never forget. I will never forget the insane amount of hurt that they have caused me. And the betrayal that comes with that, you know, the infliction of betrayal on a relationship that you considered to be incredibly close with, intimate with this person or that person. And then like, poof, they're gone and died in a car accident all of a sudden, you know, lost and never to be found. And this, of course, feeds my continued issues with feeling unsafe and abandoned and blah, blah, you know, left in the desert alone for dead. And I always use the desert very specifically when I talk about pain. And the people that we are so close to and hold dear to our hearts and that we trust, they hurt us far more than anyone so why do we do this? Why do we forge these friendships with people, these intimate relationships with people, and then just turn around on a dime and just go, oh, you know, I don't love you anymore. I don't care about your thoughts. I don't care about your feelings and don't even communicate with you about that. Right. And we've all experienced this, you know, and why do we claim that we love somebody else and then we do something like that, right? 
I mean, I'd love to ask a few of them. <laughs> the list is fairly short, <laughs> but I, I would really like to sit down in a room and go like, why is this the decision that you made in relation to our relationship? Why did you do that? And maybe there are people out there that would like to ask me the same thing. And I will let you know if there's anybody listening that wants to ask me something, because I don't know, maybe I don't know that I hurt somebody. Maybe I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I do know the people that I've hurt and I've gone on to apologize and I've, I've done my, you know, 12 step program, even though I'm not in 12 step program, <laughs> but you know, maybe, maybe these people do need to come out of their shells and, and, and out of their anxiety that they've been holding in and their sadness. And maybe I caused it and I didn't know. So please let me know. I want to know because I know how bad I hurt. And I've mentioned in prior episodes about my nightmares that I have. And I have these intense, over-the-top nightmares about being repeatedly raped, my legs being chopped off, and then being killed by one of the people that has hurt me. To the point that my psychiatrist has put me on medication to help me get through nightmares so that I can sleep. That's insane to me. I am on medication because of one person that's on him. And that's also on me. I have to own getting over it, right? I have to own that. But there's this piece because he's an important person in my world in a roundabout way. And I can't really talk about it here, but I can at least say that, you know, I never struggled with nightmares until a little bit over a year ago when this person hurt me. And it came to the point that I didn't even want to go to bed. I didn't want to get hurt repeatedly over and over again by this person. So I just decided I'm going to stay up no matter what it took. And then I'm complaining, of course, the next morning because I'm exhausted. You know, what an ass. <laughs> but it's, I mean, this is true. And it's certainly hard to medicate during that, you know, medicate that, uh, that pain away during the day, right? So, uh, God, in the painful and disrespectful and dishonest way, in which I have been treated and I'm still being treated that way will continue to hurt me, but I forgive him regardless. And like I mentioned, forgetting is entirely different, but I forgive him because that is who I am. I am grateful that I am a forgiving and loving woman and that I wasn't raised to be a mean and spiteful human being. I was raised to love. And those that are unable to forgive, much less communicate about, you know, what it is that you're upset with me in the first place about whatever bees are in your bonnet is such a cop out. And one that leads me to have zero respect for people like that. Don't hide behind your gross egos or discomfort in having conversations with people, you know, face the music. Don't hurt people anymore. Don't do it. So when we talk about topics that we have on this show, such as sexual trauma and abuse, physical, emotional abuse, chronic pain, and all of the emotions that come with that, finding a place to heal starts with forgiveness. And that's the first step in my opinion. And one that if you are listening to this, I really hope that you can find a change in your heart because you need it. I would hate to be you. 
it's far better being me. I can tell you that much. So when it comes to forgiving people that you thought were who they were and who they said they were and who they opened their arms up to, my guest here today, her journey starts with something painful and then having to forgive that person for treating her so poorly. So we start our conversation today with my guest, Jeanette Tashjan. She is the owner of uh, Burbank Infrared Sonnet, and we'll get into how that all our relationship started. But she is here today. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Hi, honey. We can see each other right now, which normally I don't. So, and she's just the cutest little pie on the planet. We met in such an incredible way, didn't we? We sure did. What a blessing. Yeah, I know, right? Like nuts. We, I had recently moved to Burbank um, a few years ago. I guess it was like three or four years ago already, wasn't it? Four. Yeah, gosh, yeah. time flies. And I was researching infrared saunas, right? Because of my pain and up pops were literally like five blocks from my house. And I had gone to the, your website multiple times. And I don't know, I'm, this is something that I have to figure out within myself, but I researched too much and I kept going and kept going, kept going. And it was months and months and months. And I never pulled the trigger on coming to you. And then I sent you an email Yep. and it went straight to you. Do you remember that email? I sure do. <laughs> it was pretty simple. It was like, I have this rare disease called CRPS and I'm wondering if you know anything about it and if your therapy would help. And you emailed me back like instantaneously. I have CRPS. Yep. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is insane. <laughs> do you remember, Lob, uh, the day that I walked in? I do. I remember it vividly because I knew that you and I were brought together for a greater reason and, and cause and purpose and didn't know the entire plan of it that day, but knew it was going to be something wonderful. And I felt it immediately the minute I saw your face. <laughs> I came in and my like Doc Martens up to my knees because totally. really, I use those yeah. as like casts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm walking into a sauna with Doc Martens up to my butt, you know, and we sat down in your front lobby and we both just started to cry. I mean, it was insane. And then you brought me back into your beautiful, beautiful healing spot. And I forever, well, and now I have one in my, you know, garage because of you in my house and then my house in LA as well because of you. So thank you for that. But enough about all of us and how we met or whatever. But I want to talk about your pain and where it started and how it started. Um, are you cool with talking about that? I'm very cool. Right on. So let's start with, I mean, based on what we've been talking about, let's start with your childhood and just kind of go from there. Okay. So I basically had a wonderful childhood until about elementary school. And then I was a childhood victim of bullying by an adult. And that adult was someone very close to my heart, someone that I loved, that I trusted, that I spent multiple days a week with that person was my brownie and Girl Scout leader. And wow. I loved her like a mother and I loved her family and she loved my folks. And so to have someone like you said, Lindsay, so close to you who had in the past shown so much love and tenderness, um, basically in the blink of an eye, kind of turn on you 
single you out as a child. And when I say child, I mean roughly a 10 to 11 year old little girl and come onto a elementary uh, school campus and pull you out of whether it was recess or and put you into a room with just you and her and say the things that were said to me, which nowadays, I mean, parents would have sued her or had her arrested or, you know, we're talking about the early 80s. So things have really progressed as far as what parents would have done to this woman back then, right? So, you know, to be spoken to and um, bullied by a grown woman who had my heart and then basically flopped on me. I, I know I came home and the mental anguish that it caused me as a child, I had nowhere to place it. And my brain and my heart were overwhelmed with immense trauma. And within several weeks of this incident happening, I developed a very rare disease unbeknownst to me and my family until Children's Hospital finally diagnosed me with RND, which is reflex neurovascular dystrophy. It was so rare in the early 80s that Children's Hospital met with a board of doctors. They came together. They had doctors from Michigan. And I remember this as a child that they were contacting people out of state, doctors out of state to discuss my case, all my symptoms and everything I was going through because it was so unique and so rare. And They came back in with me and my folks and it was like, this is what you have. And we need to put your daughter in the hospital right now. We need to start treating her aggressively. And basically she's not going home today. She's staying here with us. Okay. And so with the diagnosis, you're, you're admitted in, which children's hospital were you in, by the way? In uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Um, So RND obviously is painful. And from my understanding, it reduces the supply of oxygen to your skin and your muscles and your bones, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And it causes new pain that, and it, it moves pain to other areas to kind of try to like almost fill the void. Am I correct? Right. In that? It, yeah. it like circulates. It, it affects it's an like area. Like anti, it's like anti-circulation, but it's still circulating to a certain extent. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. So, okay. So how long were you in the children's hospital? I was there for two weeks and it felt like six months, of course, to a child. Yeah. Well, and what, what happened with your parents? How did they cope with that? Were they there with you? What, what happened in regards to your stay there? So I was literally put into a room and, and this is, you know, it, trauma, all every little piece is so monumental when you think about it. I was not able to be placed on the floor where other children were that were there for therapeutic needs like mine. I was placed up in the cancer ward. So my roomie was going through chemotherapy. And so when I was walked into the room where my bed was, the little girl in the room with me had no hair because she was going through chemo. And I remember looking at her and looking at my mom and saying, is that what's going to happen to me? Sure. Because of course, as a child, I don't understand that I have a different ailment than this other little girl. And I'm thinking, wow, this, is this what I'm in for? So the trauma was just compiling on top of it. My mom and dad had the ability to put me into the hospital room and get me situated. And then they were asked to leave the hospital and they did not come. They were not allowed to come visit me. I was there day in and day out for two weeks by myself. That's nuts. Okay. So you were there for two weeks and then 
So what happened after that? So you obviously got released. So how, how did that happen? And what was treatment for you? What was the game plan after that? Right. So, I mean, treatment while I was there was minimum five hours a day of therapy, just going from one to the next. I think the window was about a five to seven hour window of multiple different types of therapy from uh, psychotherapy to working with mirror therapy, working with my foot, um, all different, you know, brain, head, heart, the whole connection, right? Physicality. And the, the key to me being able to leave the hospital was my doctors told me that in order for me to be able to leave and be discharged, I had to walk around the perimeter of Children's Hospital with my nurse with no pain before I could leave. And that would be my ticket out of there. And I really did it one day, right? I, I you know, <laughs> walking with, with R&D or, or CRPS, you know, okay, great. But I got to a point where I wanted to go home so bad that I said to my nurse, I want to try walking today. And she's like, well, it's kind of early. And I said, no, I want to do it. And I do remember that I did the walk and I was still in pain. But because I had done what they asked of me, I got to go home. And that's all that mattered to me was getting back to what my home, my mom, my dad, my sister, who I missed terribly. And I did get well, but I wasn't 100% well, but I knew that I needed to go home and I would have done anything, walk through coals right. to get we, we to the boxes that we need to in order right. to get out of something that makes us feel so uncomfortable and unsafe and lonely and abandoned. Like I, I totally Absolutely. get that. Yeah. yeah. So after that, you went on to become this amazing ballerina. So can we talk about that? Because that the beginning of the story doesn't read, lead to ballerina, but that you and your, you know, your gusto and your, who you are as a person, just like you talked about, like, I will no pain, no gain, you know, to a certain extent and ballerina's feet. And I'm obviously super sensitive to the topic of feet. Ballerina's feet take so much heat. Literally. <laughs> it not be super rhymey, but they do. I mean, you see pictures. My mom used to be a ballerina and you see pictures of her after she'd take her toe shoes off, you know, and it was just like mangled. And her feet even today look like, you know, like she was a ballerina. So can you talk to us about how you got there and where you were? I mean, this, this sweet little hot sauce was on in Joffrey belly for crying out loud. So... <laughs> The funny part of the ballet is that I actually started out in gymnastics and I loved it so much and I did incredible and I got to a point where I was bored out of my mind. And so I told my teacher, I think I want to start ballet. I need a new hobby. And she was just mortified because me being the ball of energy that I was, she didn't think that ballet would be a good segue for me. And she remembers opening the door to the ballet class and seeing me stand. She talks about to this day, her name's Sandra. Sandra will tell you that she opened the door and she saw beautiful little Jeanettes standing at the bar with her hair in a bun, looking erect and just ready to take on the class. And she said her jaw dropped because she could not believe that that little rug rat had transformed and that this is where her new direction and passion. And it just... It was exactly who I was. I was able to control my environment and my feelings. I felt safe. And mm -hmm. it was the best thing that I ever did for myself, taking that first ballet class. Well, and you still hold yourself to this day, even on this call, and you're not seeing her, but I am. 
she holds herself as a ballerina all of the time, you know, shoulders back and her arms are extended and she's got this long and lengthy neck. And you would have seen when she walked into the little <laughs> to start it, she comes in with all these funky faces and she still looks graceful. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Oh. You're so amazing. I love you. Hey, <laughs> so how did you end up at the Joffrey? My beautiful ballet teacher, Meredith Bayless, who was with uh, Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo, which is a famous, you know, early on, she was the director of the Joffrey. And lo and behold, this woman lived two blocks away from me and I never knew it. My mom read in the paper that this amazing teacher was going to be teaching at Ballet Longinesse in Toluca Lake. So I got yanked from La Cunata where I was dancing on a scholarship when my scholarship ended there. And my mom placed me down with Meredith and what a, what a joy. And not only was she my teacher, but when she found out that we lived near each other, now we're, we're neighbors. And so it created a whole different dynamic, a love affair um, until the day that she, she passed. And even her family, her brother and sister-in-law have been so kind to me over the years by allowing me to come into Meredith's home and take little trinkets, you know, after she was gone, because they knew that Meredith would want me to have, have those items. So such a blessing. Oh. Yeah. I, it, and it's unbelievable. Like what you've been through. Okay. So God, we have so many ailments. I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how many acronyms do we have right now for this? Like, okay. So We've talked, okay, so you are, we had everything that happened with your Girl Scout leader and then you go into um, Los Angeles, the hospital, the children's hospital there. And then we end up coming into ballet and all of that. And now you're here and obviously life has happened. You've been, you've married, you've got children, so on and so forth. And you've got your business at Burbank and Fred Sauna. No plug intended. No plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when how we met was vis-a-vis -vis the uh, obviously me wanting to find therapy for my bod with CRPS but so CRPS is what really connected us instantly because it is so rare but you have that as well as a new diagnosis that's just recently yes. come to come to term which is the Muller Weiss syndrome and reading about it is not so crazy uh, all of this will be on show notes guys, by the way. So you can, I'll have links to all of the things that we're talking about, but can you talk about CRPS and talk about what's happened to you very, very recently? Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how this happened? What's going on? Man, Absolutely. Like, so Memorial day of this year, I took my puppy for a walk, just like I've always done. Nothing different. Came back, didn't think anything of it. The next day I woke up and I went to place my right foot on the ground and my foot was swollen. And I looked down and thought, wow, this is not right. My foot literally felt broken. Mm. Now being a dancer, I have a high tolerance for pain. So for me to be complaining so drastically about Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This, I, I knew there was something wrong. So for the next few days, I limped around until the, the holiday ended and I was able to call my orthopedist to get in under an urgent appointment. The x-rays led to an immediate MRI. And the diagnosis came back and I literally fell out of my chair because I expected it to be something related to ballet, maybe a fracture. I'm getting older, you know, and my diagnosis came back Mueller-Weiss syndrome with a healing stress fracture. And by that time that the diagnosis had come through, I already knew that my foot had toggled into CRPS. I was seeing the red and the blue molding coloring the swelling, just all the typical symptoms of the CRPS were there. So I knew that little friend had crept its way back in. The minute there's an, a, a, not even an opening door, a, a crack in the door, that little booger comes in. Yeah, full force. Yeah, full force. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you that they only come in in cracks because mine is always open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy I, for you that it is only in cracks, but I almost feel like it's almost easier for me because it's constant. Uh-huh. And I know that might sound stupid, but for me, I'm just, it's every single moment of my life because I've seen you go through where you were like when I walked into the sauna, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago where you had a flare up and you were devastated. I mean, you're always like walking around your flops and you're all cute and you're vacuuming with your little, you know, your little vacuum and you're doing, and I'm grabbing the vacuum because I'm such an OCD freak. I'm like, let me help you. You know, you know me. And so I feel like the cracks are almost harder than the full Monty because it's just me all the time. So when you get penetrated with pain so severely, so quickly, like you just had, you know, it's not so. It's like being in a train and literally just not knowing that there's a wall there and you just, you're, you're in a bullet train going 90 miles an hour and then you ran, run into a wall. And so, like you said, there's no, it's just like, it's gone. And then the next day, all of a sudden it's there and you don't have any prep time. You don't have any um, way around it. And now you're faced with, I mean, the episode, I call it episode, the episode that I'm in right now of my CRPS would be considered my fourth episode. If you count the RND as a child, which you and I both know that the RND is just the uh, the childhood version of CRPS, so this would be considered. I'm I'm 50 years old. This would be my fourth flare up. You know, at this point, I mean, the flare up has been in my foot for about three solid months now, and this is the longest I've ever had a flare up. Right, and that's Mueller Weiss as well contributing to this. Absolutely. The, the thing about my two diagnoses right now is Mueller-Weiss is necrosis to a bone, which means the bone is dead. And on top of it, I have a fracture in that bone. So they're trying to heal, heal a fracture in a dead bone. 
Yeah. Like, how do you do that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like pulling my foot out of a coffin and let's try to make that work. (laughs) So they want, they've immobilized it with a walking boot and crutches, no weight bearing. But then the other diagnosis, which is CRPS needs movement, needs therapy, needs activity. Okay. So I have two completely opposite spectrum, you know, diseases that need the exact opposite form of therapy to get well. Dang. How do right. you, I mean, that's just a slippery slope right there. Cause I always say like, I've got like my sweetie, he's always like, Oh, let me get that for you. Let me get, I'm like, no, if I don't get up and move, if I don't use them, I'm going to lose them. And so right. I get that with CRPS, but man, what a challenge because you're faced with, okay, I have to do two completely opposite things to get better. And not the one treatment versus the other will hurt the other treatment. It's like, what a crapshoot. What a crapshoot. Absolutely. No pun intended. It's been a, it's been a dance. It's been a dance. It's been a a poetic dance of me deciding in that moment for myself and not necessarily what my doctors want for me, but more importantly, what I know my body needs at that moment. And if I, my body needs complete non-weight bearing and rest and heat therapy only, then that's what I've done. And if I feel that the CRPS is raging, then I will take a non-weight bearing foot that I know I'm not supposed to be walking on and I will place it on the ground and I will start grounding it and demanding that it know that it's okay and that it's loved and connected to my body because I know what it takes to make the CRPS go away. I just have to do the dance. That's nuts. So I don't even know if I've told you this. Maybe I have. Seems like I would have, but my, I had an acupuncturist a couple years ago. In fact, I just mentioned this on another um, episode, but my acupuncturist had me name my feet. Oh. She was like, you've got to make them not dead to you. Like they're a living person, even if they feel outside of you. Because for me, I have complete detachment disorders when it comes. I don't even know if that's even a thing, but I'm making it up if it is. (laughs) But I I feel completely detached from my legs. Like even when I look in the mirror, I mean, you know me, I look very different than when you met me a couple of years ago, four years ago or whatever. I've lost so much weight and I'm so tiny and I'm so atrophied. And, but my legs, I look at my legs and I don't even know, they don't even look like they're mine. My feet don't look like they're mine. Nothing feels the same. It's like, it's almost like they're not there, but they are. And so right. I named them Selma and Louise. Perfect. And, <laughs> perfect for me, for sure, right? And so like, I'll look over. In fact, the other night I'm sitting next to my suite. I'm like, Selma is being a real bitch right now, you know, yeah. or yeah. whatever, because it's, 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 giving, it's giving them life when they feel like I just want them to die. And you're trying right. to not have them die. And my whole thing is, you know, I'll text him in the morning, you know, because he always wants to know how I slept or whatever, because he wakes up super early. It's a whole different story. but um you know, how did you sleep? And I'm like, I'm on my way to Lowe's. And that means I want to go buy a chainsaw. (laughs) That's what it means. And my mom actually asked me for Christmas, her present. She asked that. I never say that to her again. She goes, that's the only present you want from you is to not tell me that you want to chop your legs off. I'm like, that is the kind of pain that I'm in that I would literally rather chop my legs off than live in the kind of pain that I'm in. I understand. So, I know you do. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that you're here. So, um, okay. So I know that there's a lot of therapies that you've tried. What have you found to be successful for you, at least at this point 
for what we're talking about in regards to CRPS and Mueller Weiss. And I know they're kind of different. So what's helping with CRPS and what's helping with the other guy? Absolutely. So for Mueller Weiss, it's pretty simple. Just being booted and being non-weight bearing um, is the only thing that up until right now that I've been uh, given a choice to do. I did venture out and see a different doctor, um, someone very famous, and I, God bless her, she ordered a bone stimulator that just got shipped to me today. Yay, um, I know, we've yeah. been waiting for so it. <laughs> I, so, yeah, after uh, this little wonderful visit with you, I'm going to go start my bone stimulator treatment. So that will be the only thing. And then we're also going to attempt stem cell therapy. For the CRPS, now that I have pulled out the entire kitchen sink, I'm faithful, which you know, right? No kidding. So I am faithful with biofeedback. I have a a gal that I've known for years. Ellen. Um, Am I allowed to say her name? Of course you are. I'm going to tag her in it anyway, whether she loves it or not. She's an amazing healer. Yeah. Ellen Stern Kutza. uh, You can find her everywhere. She's amazing. Her biofeedback uh, equipment is incredible. And it's not just the equipment, it's Ellen. Ellen is um, amazing at her skill. And she has helped me weave through the trauma, um, which is how you heal with the CRPS. And then also um, her husband, Brian Kutza, he owns a device called a LifeStream. And the easiest way to describe it, it's a very tall tower. It's about eight feet tall. And it has, uh, it, like Tesla coil energy, which it is harnessed. And so I uh, go to his home and he, Brian is a healer and I will place my foot up on this tower and Brian will work through the channels of my foot up my leg into my back. You work on opening up and he also deals with trauma. He will get through and, and talk about areas that he feels that are blocked. And then all of a sudden, while he's in that area, I burst out into tears. Oh yeah, yeah I, I've been to their house with Ellen right? for treatment and you walk in there and it's like, it's a little woo-woo, right? For those that are not really into like energy healing and what have you, but energy is what we are. We are right. energy. We're, the whole world is about energy. And you go there and they've got like crystals and I mean, it's just this unbelievable spot and their view is beautiful and they've got bears in their backyard and like all yep. kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff right outside of Pasadena, California. But yeah, if you don't believe in the power of energy healing, then you need to start doing some research and give it a try because it's it's pretty unbelievable. And unfortunately, our healthcare system doesn't support a lot of the holistic um, treatment plans that we, like you and I, seek after versus taking pills and you know doing the normal you know big pharma route. And so it's expensive. And it is. Uh, it's so expensive to treat ourselves kindly, right? And treat right. our bodies kindly and treat our souls kindly. And it just shouldn't be that way. So I do understand that it's monetarily, it, it you know, it's an outgo, but it's like, okay, instead of 20 bottles of wine, right. <laughs> I, I can have Ellen. a biofeedback session. <laughs> okay, let's do the right thing here, people. Exactly. <laughs> let's make good choices. I know. I mean, even if they're from Costco, it's still the same amount of money. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So you've done the live stream thing with Ellen's hubby. Can you talk to me about other things? I know you've talked about music therapy and acupuncture and um, other, other things that you've done. I mean, obviously infrared sauna, duh. 
everybody. Obviously, putting the inference on it, yeah, is huge because it lowers inflammation levels. For me, releasing the endorphins every day or every other day to keep my brain um, happier, because I will tell you with the two diagnoses I have right now, the last three months, I am not ashamed to say that I've walked down road the road several times and questioned my desire to want to exist on this planet. And for me to say that because I have an amazing husband and I have two beautiful children and I have a father who loves me dearly and a sister that loves me dearly, to think of leaving them behind is unacceptable. And the only thing you and I have different in is that (laughs) I'll just throw you under the bus, baby. You know, my undying love for God. You're not throwing me under the bus. I know that about you. One of the things I love about you. I just, I believe in something. I'm just not specific, you know. I'm agnostic. I believe we're here for a reason. I believe relationships happen like yours and I's for a reason. I'm not, Absolutely. I don't believe. I just don't need to like go to church to believe. You know what I mean? I but, hear okay, you. throwing me under the bus. Don't get there, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there, Missy. Don't go there. And the leaving the planet thing, I completely understand. And you've listened to my episodes and for to be able to talk about it is challenging because there's only a few people on this planet that I've been able to share that with that it is like, there are days I call it writing letters where I'm writing letters to my loved ones. When I heard you say that in the episode, it gutted me because those terms, they were your terms, but it made me relate on such a deeper level. Because I think there's nothing more beautiful than knowing that someone like Jeanette Tashton or Lindsay Soprano, two people who I think are pretty great human beings, we're kind of, we're pretty awesome. We're pretty awesome. And to know that the both of us have had to walk down the road and actually wonder if we want to be here the next day. I'm okay with me saying it so people hear me. I want people to know that I'm a human and that I'm not afraid for people to know that any one of us can be put up against a wall and have those feelings. It's what we do with it and how we handle it that makes us different. And again, I go back to, like you asked me, my love for God keeps me, my nose above the water in the swimming pool my love for my, my husband, my love for my children, my father and my sister. I, and I, you know, I, I well, obviously we completely identify with this feeling and it, and I've had some scary moments. That's for sure. Some of them have been because I've been put on medications for things that right. try to help with pain that would make, I mean, literally when you read these things may cause suicidal tendencies, right. may cause like don't take those guys <laughs> Because it is legit. It is scary as shit. It is. It's so scary because, you know, you and I both were, you know, our personality types were lighthearted and we're upbeat and a lot of it is we hide behind some of our junk, right? But it is a scary thing when it comes to pain because, you know, you know me, I'm, you know, half time kind of working on having to deal with the fact that I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. It's not a car accident where you're forced to, you know, or- an accident like it's, it's this gradual progression that's just eating me alive. And in our trip to Italy that we went on this summer, 
you know, I did it in, in my wheelchair. I wouldn't have been able to do it without it. And it gave me a, a better purpose and a better perspective on A, how jerky people are. Oh, I'm, I hear you, girl. Unbelievable oh. how incredibly jerky people are on this planet to anybody around you. And then you're in a chair. I, I damn near got knocked out of it sometimes. But then there were people that were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, hey, I'm still, I'm just here. I'm just sitting, I'm still a person. I'm just not as tall as you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the topic of suicide is so scary, especially with CRPS, because as you know, it's called the suicide disease. And whoever coined that, you know, I really want to stab them. <laughs> right. Because it, it almost sends that intention out, right? Agreed. That, instead of saying the, you know, livable disease or whatever the hell that it automatically puts you into, well, you're going to kill yourself. You know, it's, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. And it needs to be changed. And I don't know how we can change it. We can do it lobby. Okay. Lobby. I think, I think having conversations like this in regards to pain and talking about suicidal thoughts and stuff is an incredibly important topic because I think there are people, you know, like my sweetie always says, if I was in as much pain as you, I would have already killed myself by now. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> could you not say that anymore? Like I had to have like a swift conversation, like stern conversation with him about it. Cause he's such, you know who he is. And yes. he's, he's, you know, the forever optimist. And I'm like, that, I can't hear that. You cannot say that to me anymore. Like just knock it off. And that was a couple of years ago, but and he hasn't since, but it, it's, you know, it is, it's so hard to live in pain. And I don't care if it's physical pain or emotional pain. It's pain. Pain is pain is pain. I say that all of the time. And you have shown such an incredible way of getting through pain to, to me and have been such a uh, wonderful person in my life. And I'm so happy to have you here. And don't you go leaving me. Okay. I won't. Okay. <laughs> Now that we got that cleared up. Now that we got that all cleared up and I'm crying like a baby over here, but what's new? So is there anything else that you have that you would like to say or talk about in relation to your pain and what you've been through for our listeners that may be connecting to either of us? Um, I, I think honestly, Lindsay, you know, letting people know that you can grow up and have a beautiful, wonderful childhood, but you can still have parents that flounder that maybe have issues themselves that your life at some point, you may have trauma that's introduced even by parents who love you and who have done an amazing job at raising you, but they have flaws. They have character flaws, whether it's mental illness or alcoholism and those character flaws from our family obviously affect us as children. And as we grow older and we start to recognize why am I passive aggressive or why am I suspicious about everyone? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I get it now. No. Because when you're growing up and you have all these things that, that are not okay or not normal behavior, but you're trying to digest them as a child, it's your little inner child's way of trying to compartmentalize these situations so that you can survive. And then you get to be 50 and you have wacko illnesses that come into your life. And again, it's all about survival. I'm, I think I'm, like you said, I'm a good example of, despite that I'm level-headed and I do have these very precarious <laughs> ailments that have dropped in my lap. That's a good I'm word a for fighter. 
I'm a yeah. fighter and you, you're going to have to hold pin me down for me not to get through this. This is yep. so I think, you know, at the end of the day, keep fighting, reach out to people that you know that love you. The pastor of my church, my family, anyone who you know will listen, reach out to people. They are there and be brutally honest. Tell them what's in your head and your heart. It's okay to say that you're safe. Say it, get it out. Yeah, and because if you don't, it's it's going to end up being a suicide disease, man, even if it doesn't kill you, you know, like it's, it's not. And I, I recently just got a tattoo um, that says, uh, pain shapes a woman into a warrior. And when I look at it every day, it's on my forearm. My mom doesn't love it, but that's okay. Um, it is something that's so important to me. And it reminds me of you because you've, you've been such an incredible blessing in my life and someone that I look up to. And uh, you are a warrior, like nobody's business, Missy. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> I do miss vacuuming the, the, the sauna, though. I mean, hey, I really anytime, do. Anytime, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was folding towels. I was vacuuming. I was cleaning. I'm like there. I just wanted to hang out with her all the time because she has such a special spot there. And it has just, oh God, the energy there is amazing. And without you, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where I'd be in a lot of my healing. So thank you. You're welcome. It's, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you brought into my life. I'm blessed to know you, Lindsay. I, thank you, my love. Dear Lord, I have been just such a little sap today on this episode. It's just, I knew it was going to be this way, damn it. So, okay. Shake that off, Lindsay. Right? Move on. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for being here today for us, my little lobster. I'm, you know, incredibly grateful for our friendship, obviously, and for you sharing your pain and your struggles and your traumas with us today. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to have you here every day with me, but I don't know how many listeners want to hear me cry every episode, (laughs) but her generosity because it's her heart. So if you are local to the Los Angeles area or you are traveling or what have you, Jeanette is offering an exclusive coupon for our listeners for three infrared sauna sessions at Burbank Infrared Sauna for $35. Just use the coupon code when you make your appointment. It's called The Pain Game because that's what we're doing. So I'll put that on the website as well in our show notes. And you can visit her website at burbankinfraredsauna.com. I will have resources, like I mentioned, in regards to her ailments and mine. (laughs) And, you know... That's just what we're going to do here. Um, we're here for you guys. If you need to talk to either of us, please DM me um, on Instagram. And um, I'm uh, Jeanette and I will lovingly be willing to talk to you about anything you want to. All right. Because, you know, if you don't have anybody, you've got two of us now. So you are exclusively invited to share this VIP pain journey together. Let's get to the heart of how to heal with you by my side. Please follow the Pain Game Podcast wherever you digest your podcast content. We will be there. Visit us at thepaingamepodcast.com and follow us on all the socials. Thanks for listening, my little VIPs. Catch you on the other side.